Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 12. That's right, we made it to a dozen. Episode 12 of the Deuce Racing Podcast. I am honored to share this episode with you with our founder, Logan Gelbrick. This conversation went deep, and I hope you are just as moved by it as I was when I was sitting with Logan and talking about all of this. We discuss some really rich topics. Less than five minutes in, we're talking about core values, being allergic to determinism, the paradox of structure for freedom. And it was a really cool conversation that, again, I'm so excited to share with all of you, unpacking 10 years into Deuce, the things that are still the same and what's now different. We talk about the model for developing coaches and how that's evolved. We talk about the moment upon which Deuce went from a socialized expression to self-authoring. That's right, there are so many themes and examples that we really unpack when it comes to transcend and include. And the last 20 minutes or so, we really explore when strengths go far enough, how they can lead to some of the darkest shadows and what that entails. And so hang on, stay with this because the final 20 minutes of this episode and in particular, the final five minutes, Logan offers some sage input and advice that I know all of you will benefit from tremendously. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy the show. And as always, inviting you to share with friends and family, like, subscribe, get out. Okay, so I have a question for you to start this off. Hit me. By the way, guys, this is Logan. Hi, guys. Um... What is one thing when uh, you're like describing somebody that's a great friend? What's like one characteristic that they have? Oh, shoot. Usually the words that come out of my my mouth are that they're like switched on. But I guess what I'm describing with that is that, uh, yeah, someone who is generally aware and going for it which is all vague language a bit but yeah someone who's trying to grow themselves and i think that invites a whole bunch of qualities that are really interesting and you're gonna know what i'm doing here but when somebody is like switched on (laughs) and aware and they're going for it um like what is it that they have if you were to describe that uh, they have a certain passion. Yeah. And, and what, I, do, I do know where you're going with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I'll tell her. And, and when somebody has a certain, like, passion, what what's, like, the higher expression of that? What does, what does a passion afford someone? I think when someone is extremely passionate, they have the, the means to um, develop themselves. They have the means to expand. And specifically, when somebody has the means to like develop and expand, is there anything 
higher than that? Like, what does that afford them? Well, uh, not to like hijack your exercise, but I will say that a core value of mine is growth. Nice. And so I, I feel that that's where, that's where we're going. That was sort of trending. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are, I think there are lots of lateral moves there. I think that, you know, um, if it's okay, if I can go lateral really quick. So another core value of mine is freedom. Yes. And a thing that really, if I'm just talking about my own personal experience, a worldview of mine, I like a perspective of mine that informs a lot for me is I feel like allergic to this idea of determinism okay so Mm -hmm. if someone is expanding and growing and they are aware of their edge and able to grow that edge uh this dovetails into i'm I'm ramming another core value in here which is freedom um i was trying to like incite that yeah i'm glad you're you're sharing yeah because um if your your plight your scenario your existence is sort of set in stone and decided for you that sort of by reverse engineer engineer definition means that you don't have freedom your your prescribed uh reality you know yeah. and um you know do you oh, think there's a misperception of of freedom sometimes though when people think freedom and then it's almost like i'm projecting here but like relinquishing responsibility yeah, I mean, there's a lot, I think there's a lot to, uh, I think human beings will take just about every opportunity to relinquish responsibility. But the classic thing is like, you know, Baskin Robbins 31 flavors, right? We mm-hmm. want more. I want Baskin Robbins 64 flavors, you know, but we, we actually don't really want that because then you stand in front of the glass and you, you're never eating ice cream because you're looking at all the options. Yes. You know, and so freedom... Uh, I believe is sort of ushered along with constraints, uh, helpful constraints, you know, and in our world, we'd call that like an opportunity for, for feedback, you know, Mm -hmm. like your world, previous world of soccer, like soccer has meanings because they, they put the chalk line down, Mm -hmm. you know, baseball has meaning because they decided it's three outs an inning and not just whatever you feel like, you know? Yeah. So I think that the, the freedom the freedom uh, is found inside of constraints. I'm, I'm just thinking right now of an example from the course I just got back from. The yes. Guy, the guy said something really insightful. Um, his name's Russ Hudson, which is, he's the president of the Enneagram Institute. Just super sage, master teacher, just kind of watching a master do his thing. And we did these... Um, Here's, here's a tangent for you. Uh, we did these dances, right? So you're doing these dances that are very structured. Not like dance party, but like people in lines following steps. Okay. It's almost like a memory game to a beat, right? And okay. then it adds complexity. And, and I'll, I'll bring this all together in a second. But yeah. the steps are very specific. And the... It's these Gurchev movements, very ancient movements. With and the the reason for them is to bring you to the moment because you can't possibly do it 
and be thinking about anything else. It's kind of like rubbing your tummy and tapping your head at the same time. I love that stuff. Yeah. So, but what the long ass winded way of, I'm sorry guys, I'm starting this podcast. No, 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 no. I I was like, Hey, we're six minutes in. I, I hoped we would go there this soon. Don't worry. I got, we're good. So, so just quickly, uh, (laughs) the sage comment that this teacher makes is, uh, we finish this exercise and everybody is locked in and trying to just master the moment, memorize the steps beyond beat, etc. And he's like, did you notice at the end when it was most complex that you kind of fell into your own unique thing, which is weird because we all felt that we started to move as our unique selves but literally like following these very rigorous steps, like no one's making up their own dance. And he goes, flip side of the same coin. Have you ever heard or seen a situation where it's kind of like, you know, dance, dance free, like dance wild. And what do people do? They do the same. Well, they do the same silly ass fucking dance that they do every time, which isn't wild or free at all right the irony like it's like hey like do your own thing and then you do the like you do what, you do yeah. like the egyptian or like the you do nothing it's like yeah. actually nothing original right yet when we were given this very specific structure following these very specific steps the individuals were following the steps but they were adding this like, and almost like subconsciously form. too like it just yeah. happened so it's i'm like fascinated a, by so it's this. like a paradox right so so all that to say um like structure provides freedom yeah Great. I, don't know, I don't know how we got there, but I, I mean, I we can go everywhere. And so, like going back to uh, these core values of growth and development and freedom. Looking back, because it's been ten years this year for mm-hmm. for Deuce. Mm-hmm. Ten years ago, uh, what did ten years ago Logan think when you were creating Deuce? You know, relative to like the. You didn't know what you you knew about expansion and growth, maybe how how big Deuce has gotten now, but like, mm-hmm. how did it shift? How is it different? How is it still the same? Yeah. Your purpose for the gym then with these core values versus now? Yeah, I mean, just so if we immediately flash back the time to 10 years ago, a lot looks different and then some things are still the same. The things that look different were, you know, um, Danny and I had, you know, high temp bumper plates for like coffee tables and all the mismatched kettlebells were just like in the backseat of my truck and like the shocks were out and it's just, um, the daily routine was that there was a morning class and an afternoon class and we would drive the gear out and unload the gear, teach the class, put the gear back in the car. And then we'd do that again in the afternoon. And that happened every day day except sunday basically from april 2011 until the summer of 2013 and um you know so the optics looked a lot different Mm -hmm. you know the optics looked like you know hustling to make money you know i was like coaching baseball and and doing different things to to piece together a rent check um and it felt very much um, inappropriate levels of motivation and like um, like just ignorant passion. You know, it was kind of like convince everyone 
who will listen for more than 10 seconds that this is a bona fide training facility at the park, right? And um, But it's like that switched on all in. Like you were yeah, all in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, what's interesting about that time is that was not new. Uh, a lot of people, I mean, that same park, there's 25 other similar things happening around you. A lot of people start this. Yeah. A lot of people, even peers, friends start these things and then just gets hard or they go on vacation one weekend or whatever. And it's just not a thing anymore. You yeah. Know? So that was like the hustle. It felt, looked and felt very different. Um, but what drove you to keep showing up then? Even well, when like maybe one person showed up. Well, be, uh, I think there was like a, a vision of where it all went, you know, and all that goes is to a gym, you know, one day and not having the specific details about how you go from A to Z didn't really matter. It was kind of like, let's get busy doing this and the sort of you know, whatever the quote is, like leap and the net will appear yeah. kind of thing. Um, but the things that were the same, just to not make it all seem different, the things that were the same were uh, behaving in a way then that would provide a chance for it to look more like it looks now, right? Yeah. And so I think sometimes people associate unique parts of Deuce with like, oh, they do this like weird coaches development thing or whatever. But like we had that in the park, you know, so like, you know, day zero looked like, okay, how do we build something bigger than ourselves? Even when almost no one would look at it and agree that that was a good idea. Yeah. I think is, is that's the similar part. A lot of the, the behind the scenes thing that make Deuce, in my opinion, work were, um, started then and now 10 years later mm -hmm. how has it grown in terms of like has the purpose i don't know how this is going to sound has the purpose expanded is the purpose feel more clear than ever is the purpose still this you know how has the purpose transcended based on how the community's grown yeah the purpose has transcended a bit um the things that it still includes to, to use that language is uh, on day zero, we were advocates of a worldview that said fitness was free. And that was specifically rammed home because we didn't even have an address. So uh, our story, I think it should have been, but it also had to be that the thing you're paying for is coaching. Cause if not, I don't know what else you, I mean, you can if, YouTube it, you can Google it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also like, there's not even a there's not even walls here for you to think in your mind that you're paying a membership for some sort of facility because there isn't one right right and so that worldview was true then and it's specifically true now that um, the only way we're going to accomplish the mission that we're trying to accomplish in the fitness industry is through a worldview that says fitness is free and that the the value of training is inside of a coaching relationship um, and it's just funny that we started where we started because you know to go to the bathroom you used to have to run 800 meters you know like there wasn't a water fountain there was like there's no bath there, there's no walls to, there's no door no flow water to yeah. worry about yeah. yeah right so what is the value oh the value is like you're in front of an individual who believes that their only 
purpose on this planet is to be in front of you coaching you. And so where did the um, standards kind of like develop out of, you know, we have coaches evaluation. If you're evaluating yeah. a coach, there there's like a curriculum mm-hmm. and objective things that we can mark and mm-hmm. subjective things as well. Mm-hmm. And so like what I'm hearing is and what I can imagine everybody else as well, you know, the value of coaching, there's a certain amount of presence and and buy-in like this thing is real you Mm -hmm. know almost like if you're by yourself or people are gathered for something but it's not united for something specific it's like why are we here yeah but it like makes it real and so i'm curious uh when that like sheet was constructed uh the things that you're and and how did that grow or maybe like you knew from the start yeah great great question so there has been strong evolution um in how we develop coaches and the model in the beginning was just like how anybody else begins anything you know a beginning painter uh starts by mimicking other paintings and that's how you begin so the worldview through which we evaluated coaches was mimicking what i learned in the world of crossfit so the standards were specifically different the standards were specifically that of how crossfit evaluates coaching which it which is if i can remember off the top of my head is uh teaching seeing correcting gym presence attitude and demo those were the categories and there was a natural evolution i think it's it's an incredible model it's a great model i i i love a lot of um what uh, crossfit has uh given to the world i mean i wouldn't be sitting here without that organization for sure. Um, and if I'm being completely transparent with you, the shifts to the model that is specifically Deuce's proprietary model, which transcends and includes, and I guess we can describe that in detail or not, um, happened like most things, um, almost by accident because Deuce over the years, uh, selfishly was just trying to be authentically itself and do a great job being deuce. And maybe this is a teachable moment, but I think when people or organizations or teams do that thing, like the thing in air quotes being truly show up as yourself, mm-hmm. uh, people, the kind of rabbit ears go up and people sense that in other people and they sense that in other companies, they can feel it. And what happened was a lot of people started gyms between the years 2008 and 2015. Yeah. Really motivated, passionate, gung-ho people. And one, two, three, four, five, six years into that journey, they got extremely tired and extremely poor and they struggled their ass off. And it became, uh, oh shit, I have been just mimicking maybe a bad model. I don't know how to do this. What the hell are they doing over there? Right. And so Deuce, uh, you know, in our little bubble, not like a big deal, but like certain people paid attention and then people wanted to learn from that. Right. And that's where the summit comes from. So Uh, some like Deuce had already always been her own. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, and we can maybe talk about other ways that that's, that's true. But so the cart 
led the horse. So a bunch of, you know, a bunch, a couple gym owners in Europe put themselves together and say, hey, how do we do the thing, right? Kicho from uh, Spain Skyping me saying, hey, how do I learn how to do the thing? And I was like, I don't know. I'd come here or something. And he was like, okay, well, that's not a good answer. You need to have a solution for this. I'm going to invite you out to Spain and you're going to teach us how to do it. And then so you reverse engineer the summit, which was horrible, the first one, and has evolved into something very different now. Well, and the the reason why I'm saying this brief story is the same thing happened with Coach's Prep. So Coach's Prep became, it hit a critical mass of, hey, the only people who ever experienced Coach's Prep were the sort of 20 to 40 people who at one point expressed interest in coaching at this one gym in Venice. And then coaches from around the country and around the world became interested in what that was. And so by a process of reverse engineering, I um, wanted to make those teachings available online. When I did that, I was like, well, I can't just rip off CrossFit. What is, what are we about? Right. And that was the true like transcendence of coaches prep. When coaches prep and the model that you're referring to yes. where, where, where deuce itself, and this is a model you'll recognize that we talk about went from a socialized, generally socialized expression, right? Where we're just trying to be the best CrossFit gym in the country to a self-authoring expression yeah. where it's like, no, actually there is no model, but ourself and others will maybe follow this model. I love that because I was always curious how uh, like coaches prep came to be. And I think it's really useful for people to like hear and step back in time in the story of like a little bit of the cart before the horse because that feedback drove the necessity for something, you know, that, that you didn't necessarily have to say yes to, but no. you did. And then that's now evolved and transcended to I mean, how many people have done hundreds of people across the world? Yeah, there's about 210 or 11 enrolled at this moment. Uh, You know, I don't know how many people have ever done it, but. um, But it's pretty cool. Yeah, I I think it's pretty (laughs) cool. I think that that um, to your point, though, what's the original kernel of why it started? Yeah. Again, there was no intention of being a you know, an online teacher or something. Um, it started from a place that is a pain point in our industry, which is on day zero of creating a fitness business. Um, I'm grateful to have at least some awareness to think that where this company goes, if it goes where I want it to go Mm -hmm. involves many, many, many more people than me who are better, more capable, more qualified than me to make this thing go. And very few people take the logic that far. And they um, maybe they start the whole company because they want to be cool and they want to be seen as important or whatever, which is like I have actual the opposite desires, as, as you know a little bit. But um, Yeah, well, only, I wanted to ask about that yeah, more. The, no, only, the only way that that's possible then is, well, how do you develop these people? Can you do both? Can you care and develop something that you're more passionate about than anything on the planet? And then also trust other people to to um, hold that flag. When it's your thing and there's this certain level of like you're, 
as you're growing and evolving to continue growing and evolving to be able to lay like structure and name things for why it was successful mm -hmm. or for how it operates the whole checklist thing mm -hmm. and i know you know this is just my personal experience here it's almost easy from either like an athlete or even a coaching perspective if there's a certain amount of experience and exposure the performative nature of it right is like we're going by vibes or like we're going mm -hmm. by oh i'm a good and it's like okay but objectively if you were to instruct someone else to deliver the same experience that you you know deliver and we're just going to paint it as like good or useful yeah what would that include and that like reverse engineering process that's hard like it's hard to name things and there's yeah. this whole skill set here that i really admire about you that you have but you you know you help curate this for other people as well um in terms of like taking responsibility to to name how you do something to create a checklist yeah you know like to to name the essence of what it is that you're doing yeah i mean it, it's extremely mundane you know the the upside is like you know we get to talk about it on a podcast and like maybe there's like cool things that come from it. But the reason why it's rare is it's brutally mundane, but horrifying. Like what's the shadow of the work that we do? Like, the, I mean, we can just like laugh about this now, but like, as you and I talk on a podcast, as we are teammates and on this thing, like the most annoying parts of your job are the things we're talking about right now. Like there's days where we're like, Oh my God, you know, like I don't want to scoop the ice or yeah, I don't want to set up just all, all of it. Right. It's just mundane and brutal. And like lucky us, we ended up in the gym that like has all these, these very deliberate processes, you know? And, um, I used to, <laughs> I don't know if I'm getting older, but like I used to be just so much more, chill about it all you know um but i think life can harden you a little bit and i think that um the the pushback like over the years right the, yeah the, the annoyance of the the attention to detail that i end up being a can be a bad cop about um is is almost just like a point of pride at this point you know it's like yeah fine it's not important show me a result which like hurts if you're on the team it hurts and it's like that almost propels you in a way of uh there's like towards motivated and what is it towards and again and again away, away motivated yeah. that uh yeah the pain impulse of knowing you know to use it in a useful way of like okay if i fuck up here you know like i'm really gonna disappoint not just myself and the thing, but also somebody else. But that's not the primary motivator. Yeah. It just, you know, the deeper you go, maybe into the team, that just becomes a thing. And so all this, like, we could go in a million directions. Yeah. But but I am curious about, and we're already kind of speaking about it. There's so many, from doing these little things and 10 years into it now, there's so many different directions that you could grow. And so how has that process evolved If if there were like a you know, questions that you ask yourself to engage or not to engage in opportunities, you know, like how do you choose how to discern the direction that you're going to grow next or yeah. Deuce is going to, and maybe it's, maybe it's easier to like go Deuce first, like the direction that Deuce is going to grow 
yeah. next. Yeah, and I think this gets to wrapping up the part of the question that I didn't answer earlier, which is like the transcendent part, you know, and and um, so the guide specifically for Deuce is, and and I think that's a key distinction because I'm not Deuce. Deuce is a thing that's not me, and it has its own texture and feel and values and personality and dynamic and um so then the way that i'll answer uh your question is the answers are inside of the values of deuce and what it is and and what it um how it shows up in the world and that's a very nebulous esoteric answer but specifically you know we've started this nonprofit. And that is something that was not included. This is absolutely a transcendent part of the thing. Day zero in the park, there is no whiteboard session that includes uh, a nonprofit expression of the company that specifically addresses system substance and housing impacted individuals. That just, that's a thing that has to occur by going through, right? And um, the general thing I'd like to say about that is, And I think there's a weird meta lesson here for life. You know, it's like the first most important job in life is to reach a level uh, of safety such that we can survive. Yes. And then the next pertinent job immediately after that is to help. Yeah. And when you start a company, it's fucking hard for a long time. You know, and uh, luckily we're at a place where our survival, knock on wood, is Mm. not the first most critical thing. Yeah. You know, it's like the little duckling, like it needs to get big enough to be a big duck, you know, and um, there's power in working through the time that it takes to get to a place of security like a a maslow's kind of thing you know you got to get fed you need some shelter you need to do the thing and deuce is not threatened in that way you know we're not like three members away from quitting to like the light's gonna be that's a real thing for a long time yeah but when you get to a place of a certain level of uh, safety to like authentically contribute something bigger than yourself in the world yes then that becomes the job Yes. You know, and we have the sign on the door that says motivated people only. And that sign is also a paradox because it was always meant to be an inclusive thing, right? It's not kicking people out. It's saying anyone who is motivated is welcome in here. And that was a lie for a long time because if you were, uh, you know, a criminal or if you were uh, poor, or if you were um, strung out on drugs or in a dark place in your life, you can't come in there. That's the most expensive gym in LA. Yeah, yeah. But now it's true. And, yeah. Are there any, like, misconceptions on that, you know, motivated only and how it's transcended now to, if you're motivated enough to step in the door and say, I can't afford a membership, but, like, I want to be here. Mm-hmm. You know, is is there anything that you feel like Deuce is, is misunderstood in terms of who can come in? Oh, totally. I mean, we've been 
we're actively I mean, you've been to the summit. We're actively battling our own stereotype. The yes. gym looks insane. I, if I was not me and I was just a person, even with my background as an athlete, driving by to a regular job, to my apartment and back, and I pass by Deuce, I don't park and go in that place ever. That's it looks for, like gladiators. That's right for there. insane people. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so... We have to do everything in our power, including the language we use and the images that we share and the way that we structure our business to try to battle these misperception. And so I think uh, if you don't understand what it's about, you look at the sign on the door. You know, I think about this all the time. How many of my neighbors walk their dog by the gym and they see the motivated people only sign and they're saying they're kicking me out. That sign is saying that people like me don't go in there. Right. And it's like, and what do you want to say to that though? I want to, I want to explain what I just explained to you, which is that this is the most inclusive environment possible. Like all you need is a curiosity and a desire to learn. And there's so So why doesn't it say that on the door? Well, I think it does. You know, I just doesn't use those, those, those words. Yeah. You know, I, I, I I mean, I'm just kind of like playing around here. No, of course. It's interesting. Yeah. And I think that, um, yeah, there's other other signs, right? Uh, you don't have to work out to kick it, yes. right? There, there's lots of ways that we're trying to eat away at this this thing, but you know, um, not to sound like a victim, real quick, but you know, we've done about as bad of a job as you can as an industry, the fitness industry, right? Um, you know, you do a lot of intros, right? People, I've had an experience. Many of the people listening have done an intro at, at Deuce, right? So. Um, almost all, I would say well more than half, almost all of the people I've ever sat down at, with an, uh, to do an intro session with, you know, joining this gym at some point, the person across from me divulges an opinion about the experience of going to gyms, Yes, which is sort of non-discipline specific. They're referencing the corporate gym. They're referencing all gyms. And they're like, I, f- I freaking hate them. And what do they hate about them? They hate their douchey trainers. They mm-hmm. hate the attitudes in there. They hate the the competitive side-eye nature. They hate the headphones in, all the things, right? And um, that is the perception of this industry, which is that gyms are for fit people to show off to each other. And so what we're saying is it's this is school. Come in. Yes. And even the, uh, when, when did performance community lifestyle, when did that, that happened, uh, because it's so useful with this. Yeah. It happened as soon as the name was changed from functional fitness on the bluffs to deuce. Okay. And, uh, that was a model that, you know, it, even if it's explained, I think it, it's often forgotten is, um, not just three words of positive connotation you know it, it, it creates a, a a cycle a sustainable life cycle which is that our reason for being is a pursuit of performance specifically in a relationship with a coach and the ways that we do that are essentially all the different programs we offer and it's important that that is first in a sort of transcend and include nature um, because anybody who's uh, worked for like a tech startup or any of these kind of modern companies that often fail uh, they often start with culture first 
or in our language, community first. Hey, this isn't, ah, it's not really about the gym, it's about community, right? And so what do those companies do? They put a couple ping pong tables in the lobby and the, you know they play beer pong on Friday nights and you can wear casual clothes and flex schedule. But like, why are we here? And if that's not clear, it gets, becomes very fragile. It all yeah. falls apart, right? Yeah. And so first and foremost, we're here for performance. That performance happens inside of the container of community, which is very real and important, but it happens in that order. And the pursuit of performance inside of the container of community does this magical thing where it bleeds and affects and changes your lifestyle the other 23 hours of the day. Mm -hmm. And when your lifestyle changes, your shopping list at the grocery store changes, when the words that come out of your mouth change, when the people that are around you are different. And when you go to bed at a different time at night because of this pursuit of performance, inside of a community that it improves your performance and then yes. so goes the life cycle and this is why people can do this for 10 years with us and this all goes back to in a beautiful way like providing structure in a way that elicits freedom and personal expression and one thing i know i appreciate so much about deuce is i've joked around with you before like you know I think Kara Miller told me one time, fertile soil, fertile soil at, at Deuce Gym. <laughs> I'm like, it is fertile concrete, you know, like, yeah. and, and it's so true. And I think this performance community lifestyle also bleeds into if I can use this container through fitness to improve my life in this way, knowing that it takes a certain level of commitment. And after that commitment performance, not after, but as part of that. I have this community. This is now affecting my lifestyle. How else can I p apply that to the rest of my life? And so I say that to, you know, kind of bring up the responsibility that, and I don't want to put, put words on you, but, but the responsibility that you take on then of more members and more people who are bought in on this, of like, that's so many interpersonal relationships and and how do you grow your capacity to support more and more people who naturally are going to reach out and say, you know, it, it's about more than just the training, like, hey, so I'm trying to grow mm -hmm. here in my career. And hey, I'm going through this hard thing here. You know, mm -hmm. it, w within this community, we disclose almost more vulnerable things than you would outside the community. Yeah. So like, how has that evolved? And I want to know, yeah, the upside and also like the pain points of that. Yeah, you're right. It is a it is a container for all of that. I mean, if you've ever heard the the figure of speech, you know, like if if golf were easy, we wouldn't play it. You know, like if you just day one went to the golf course and every hole was a hole in one, it'd be you, boring. You, it's you, that like never flow play model. You'd never play yeah. it again, right? And so, because the thing that brings us together is generally difficult, it provides this fertile soil, and that's also true. Like for the team, you, you know, our team, uh, yes. because it's not just like the sweat part that's hard. It's like the work that we do in terms of leadership is difficult. And all that to say, you're right. It becomes like this interpersonal soup. And, um, I wish I <laughs> could answer your question with some sort of like sage mastery, but I, you know, I'm a bit of a casualty to that if I'm being vulnerable to you. Well, right? I want you to like in, re in real time yeah. to like behind the curtain, what is that? 
Yeah, I mean, behind the curtain, I think I didn't. What I didn't realize was a lot of what I attribute any success I've ever had in my life to is a uh, sort of blue collar, enduring, hardworking mentality. Um, that's what served me in my athletic career, and academics, and and now in business. And the younger me wasn't able to see that. Um, strengths aren't just strengths yeah you know um and so the younger me i mean i, I started deuce at 24 years old so as a kid i think that the asset that leads to victory is that i will work harder longer and endure more than anybody else would that's that's my perception because i'm not that uh you know smart i'm not that athletic i don't look that uh influential to use like instagram <laughs> language in terms of i'm a trainer i'm not you know uh what else would it be right and so i got you know seven eight years into it pretty unaware that strengths cast a shadow you know and so i was very uh, unprepared to create what any other person would call normal interpersonal boundaries, you know? And so, yeah, I'm, as I sit with you right now, I'm sort of coming out of the back end of a new experience. I'm something I've never experienced before of like deep, uh, I, I want to say acute, but like several years of, of depression and, uh, and that was very unfamiliar to me. It felt like my mind was failing itself. It felt like I was dying. I wanted to die, you know, and that's not a figure of speech, you know. Um, and so having awareness that this attribute that I would assign as only positive has real repercussions, you know. And so there's a bit of irony here. I am an extremely, I identify as an extremely shy, quiet, introverted person. And I was redlining a role that was, you know, I don't know if it's like appropriate to say this, but, um, give me grace if you're listening. Cause I'm not, doing, I'm not yeah. doing a, a lot of times when I share about this, people know at the summit, it becomes odd because it sounds like I'm telling the audience that they did something wrong. But in so many ways, before you even say what you're going to say, this, you know, 40 minutes in is like kind of the most important thing in a lot of ways that I want to yeah. talk about because when it comes to deuce racing and it's like, yeah. how are you vulnerably yeah. sticking your neck out there? It's like you for 10 years are, are risking your life for, for deuce. I, I don't think that's an exaggeration to say that. And, and there's more that I want to follow up on that, but it's like, yeah, there, there are pros and cons of that. And like, what does that really look like? You know? Yeah. And so, yeah, just, I guess caveat. Um, sometimes when I talk about this subject in certain circles, it can feel like the audience did something wrong and there's like a, a guilt trip. So I just want to like, address that straight away. That's not what's occurring right now. Um, and as I say that, I'm going to say something, uh, I don't know if vulnerable is the right word, but it could be construed as egotistical. So I, 
this is not my intention. I'm just trying to articulate something specific, which is sometimes I have felt that, you know, the, the caveat is I am not famous. Okay. I think everybody would agree. It's listening. I'm not famous, but sometimes you'd be surprised that I think the role that I assumed, uh, in this process exposes exposes me on an intimate level at least in one direction to as many people as you can be exposed to on that intimate level people that feel they can reach out to you without the benefits of being famous yeah you see what i mean by that yeah right there's a certain level of like well i don't you know i don't try to text joe rogan or i don't pull him aside and like do a thing. And, and again, and this is now people are like, Oh my God, I shouldn't no, no, text no, Logan no. or I shouldn't. That's not what I'm saying. But like, because of my young inability to set basic human boundaries, I put myself in a position to completely, you know, you know, lose me, like whatever I am. Um, yeah. And, uh, so I'm gonna yeah. Uh, excuse so me. so let me ask let me ask this and take a moment. Is like <clears throat> all this the magnitude of like the sheer volume of people who reach out to you on a regular basis? And you don't have to like share that, but right, I can only imagine like it's on all channels too: text, Slack, <laughs> email, voicemail. Also from my perspective and so many people at the gym how incredible and also like how much strength too that you continue to show up in an opportunistic way where we've sat down before and and i've said in a lot of ways it feels like deuce is like atlantis like there's this like component of like anything is possible here and so despite all the pain of like there's beauty and there's burden in in how many people are interacting with you on a regular basis and deuce but it's like how do you how do you keep showing up and saying like yes and how are you like or or when have you reached a limit like i don't know because i just think that's like you've been a model for me and now again i'm just I, I only know how to share my experience, right? Mm -hmm. But you've been a model of like, you can say yes. You can be kind. You can be patient always. Yeah. I mean, I think most folks, it's very, you, you got to understand, it's very difficult for me to share some of this to an audience that is directly impacted by this. So I'm just, I'm trying to walk that, that line. But what I'll say is, um, yeah. I would then so it, let's not make a present then I was suffering in silence we'll say yeah right because I cannot this system cannot afford for for me to uh, show up in the world in a way that is not inviting to the mission of uh, of what this is and um, but that's my own work you know mm -hmm. that that's my own issue um, 
but to what you're saying is that that sets the perfect trap that why that's why it is a trap because the positive intent behind what i'm saying is i don't know how to look a person who i'll just say a, this is a real scenario it's random and it just came to me right now this is a real scenario call it six years ago i don't know how to tell a person who just got off an airplane from france to come here I didn't know they were coming to come here after a 14 hour day. I'm walking out of the gate, their cab pulls up, they get out and they say, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm here. How are, and I don't know how to tell that person I'm out of here, dude. And that's not every day. I don't want to sound like a martyr to the thing, but the trap is set for like, what are you going to, you know, complain if people like your thing? What are you, are you going to complain? Cause you're successful. What are you an asshole? Right. And then, and we've talked about this, but this is, the work for me to do and thank god i'm like on the back end of what became a very difficult period in my life and i'm now trying to relearn a lot like yeah i don't know how to enjoy myself you know like weird stuff like stuff that's very weird to you know i sean was here right from costa rica mm-hmm. intern sean mm-hmm. you know so he's li- he's more or less living with me right and he you know just the sweetest so sweet guy and he's like hey so what do you do for fun you know it's been it's been three days and he's just seen me my life doesn't look like maybe what he's used to or, or other people or something so like, what do you do for fun and uh, it's like i'm working hard on trying to answer that question I, I don't really remember and it's weird and like melodramatic or whatever, but that has been my experience. Um, but I think it's a it's a great like example for everybody as well that anyone can relate to in terms of like the business that you're associated with, workforce started, whatever, versus you. Yeah. And and so I'm curious about what did shift where you're at now to uh, to be able to like say no or maybe create a boundary that you didn't create before yeah i uh, no hyperbole like i was losing my ability to live you know it it didn't change because i like read a good book or like you know i was smart enough to change and so the follow-up to that this part of this and i just want to add it on is if you were to give advice to someone who is part of their own business or is, is deep in their work of, uh, you know, you can get suggestions from other people or you can read a book that's like balance and, mm-hmm. you know, do you think in some ways, and there's no right or wrong for this answer, and I don't know that it's a fair answer either, but it is what it is. Do you think like going to the brink of like how dark this is, like taking your strength all the way into the darkest shadow? not pacing is like in a way it's been a gift to be able to come back like like is there is there oh yeah totally like would you instruct somebody to pace or is almost like go there and when you get there like you're gonna know oh like yeah i it's not an either or thing and i and i appreciate the question um but but it isn't one or the other i think because of my uh lack of development personally i i created a mo- mental model where it was an either other thing uh, an either or thing yeah and um you know this is a big part of our 
leadership language, which is ironic because I was not able to transfer that skill to my own personal life because I was so interested in doing this thing at that level that I wasn't able to learn my own lesson. I mean, I literally like get off a plane, like telling people developmentally that in any place in your life where your mind wants to tell you that there is an either or scenario, we need to transcend that to this yes and view. And I wasn't able to see that. And part of the reason why I wasn't able to see that is because it wasn't in my, my lexicon. It wasn't even in my, uh, field of view to assume that I was doing anything poorly to myself. Yeah. You know, and so no, don't pace, like don't hedge and, you know, drag your feet and move like quietly through your life. But the sort of violent action that you've taken, whatever direction you want to go, um, needs to come with some self-awareness. And I, I was really unaware of this part of myself. I was very unaware of, of how to take care of myself. And so those are the prizes you win for doing that. You know, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I, you know, I also share that because you have an insane workload day to day. And, um, you know, it's not like, it's not like keeping score. Like, Oh, you guys aren't sending, you know, 800 messages a day. But I think sometimes just like stripping it down to, Hey, like, our founder is Superman and also like he's a human being too. You know, like uh, you talk about starting this business and almost just having this, it's not naive, but you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And you're like so bought in on the thing. And then 10 years later, it's like, that's like a suicide pace. Yeah. And yeah, I just think, I think it's useful to know and, and this piece about awareness that came up as part of the core values of like, it's necessary mm-hmm. in order to know where to grow next. And maybe growing doesn't mean taking on more work. And so yeah. um, I guess kind of next question and to kind of wrap things up because we're coming up on an hour. Uh, two things for you. One is, you know, it's to differentiate between Deuce and yourself, not as if that could be complete because I know agency standard exists and, mm-hmm. and, you know, you're involved in a lot of different things. But you know, what are the, the next things that you're looking to pursue in terms of like your edges, both for Deuce and then personally? Yeah, the, the straightforward edges are, you know, um, it began as trying to be a great coach and then it began being a coach of coaches and then that transcended into being a, a coach of other coaches who coach other coaches. And then then could I articulate the things uh, that I believe led to the success of Deuce to individuals across industry, right? So the consultancy work and the Hold the Standard Summit work, really edgy. I still do it. It's hard and fun, and, and I, I seek a lot of growth there. That has, like you said, transcended into the creative agency um, that I started at the, the beginning of this last year called Agency Standard. My partner Nikki and I basically take those strategic principled consultancy teachings into 
the next level. And that has been extremely expansive and mind blowing and life changing in lots of different ways. Um, and I'm very excited about that. I'm also extremely excited about uh, the nonprofit. I think there's a limitless potential. And I think that if anyone can execute on that mission that we can do it extremely well, because uh, as you know, uh, Deuce is uh, a storefront for strength and conditioning, but it is a place that's other bottom line is developing leadership. And so um, if more people can, um, who are, you know, in prison, coming out of prison, homeless and or uh, affected um, by substances could uh, not just perceive, but achieve a sort of limitless life expression, uh, that fires me up because I think it is the true expression of like the gifts that we have here. You know, we're doing, um, incredible things and the more people we can share it with, I think the better. Um, and yeah, I, I'm really interested in design and real estate and I'm really curious to expand in that way. Entrepreneurship is my favorite thing. And so I see lots of different businesses and fun projects in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And um, last question, you probably already know what's coming, but I think I want to like maybe expand on it a little bit is I always ask everyone, uh, you know, what drives you? And and it's like, you've already basically answered that in, in everything here, but let me put it this way. If, you know, you wake up, you know, what time you wake up this morning? 4.45, 5 a.m.? Um... You caught me on a good morning because I was okay. at the gym at 5.15. So uh, it was an early one. Uh, not normally the case. But uh, I, yeah, four, I was up at 4.11. Okay, 4.11, you wake up. And uh, like what gets you to take that next step? You know, like what, what drives you to, okay, today's a new day. Like what can we do today? Yeah, I'll say this in like, I don't mean this in a religious way, but it's just the best word I know to use. Um, I really feel that, ever since I was as young as I could think, it seemed to me that the, the greatest sin anyone could ever commit would be to not engage with the pursuit of their potential. And the reason why I feel that is like, you know, I'm sure a lot of it is my parents or whatever, but I feel very fortunate about this perspective whether it's like optimistic or whatever, however you would describe it is every day I can remember being alive. I have thought I could do anything, anything. And then if you believe that and then just choose to just be basic as fuck, it just feels like you are completely missing the point. That is whatever that is, is what I feel every day. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you that you want to add in terms of maybe like uh you know something like anybody listening to this and you hit a rough patch like something to consider yeah I mean I think um just to touch on that, I think none of us are making it out of this life without 
completely unknowable hurt, you know? And uh, I think I didn't know that until I felt it. And so I look for the things that make us the same. And that's one of them. I really love, that's what I love about training is it's a relative burden for you to train. And for me to train means that we feel the same. Yeah. Like heavy for you is heavy for me. And that's where we have to play. And if we're not doing that, then we're not doing the thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I guess last thing I'll say is, you know, those, those gold leaf letters, like in the gym, hold the standard is, is, saying something very specific and it's not that obvious which is that we are all trying to do the best be our best be you know perfect like hit the target and what we are all doing is missing the fucking target you're doing that i'm doing that every student that walks in there is doing that all day every day And then, so what we're saying is, hey, we're going to choose leadership. And what that means is we're going to say, I will be responsible for the the space between where I'm at and where I'm trying to go. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And we can miss the target as long as we agree to say, hey, that's my responsibility to make it better. That's it. I can't want, like, yes, that's why I'm at Deuce. I... I appreciate you so much. Appreciate you. Um, this was really cool. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It only took me 12 episodes to <laughs> feel like we could sit down for this, but um, we're very grateful for you. Thank you. And uh, as always, guys, thank you for listening. Episode 12, we're growing, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.